Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. I'm Michael Rockless along with my co-host Mike Popper and as always our producer Will Harden. This week we have a who's that? Who's that? With first year Daniel Gerke, our new SBS Officer of Operations in Social Media. We're going to be talking some baseball playoffs with him and we're going to get to our other main segments as always, make sure you listen to this at 1.5 times speed. Hit it! We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey. So, we're going to jump right into our read option for this week. Mike, you got to read for me. Yeah, I got one off of SteelersDepot.com. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but this past week, Antonio Brown threw a major, major temper tantrum on the sidelines. Uh, He tossed a water cooler across the sidelines. Um, And Ryan Clark, former teammate, came out with some pretty tough comments on it. He said, Antonio has done an extremely good job of tricking people, right? He has that smile, and when he talks, he seems extremely team-oriented. Nah, Antonio Brown loves Antonio Brown. So it seems like the diva sensation has touched Antonio Brown. Yeah, my first thought on this was, well, most importantly, kind of a valid tantrum. If there is such a thing, he was wide open on that play. He doesn't get that open often. He kind of makes amazing plays all the time. But still, just kind of that diva receiver cachet is now kind of tacked onto Antonio Brown. Uh, Your boy, Odell, he has some company. Yeah, well, so kind of Antonio Brown has always been seen seen as like the quiet guy, um, up until his Facebook Live event, right? Yeah, that was, I was going to say, was is, that was really kind of awful that yeah. he did that. And so from then on, he's got, I don't know if this is like an indictment of him, but he's got the fancy cars, he's got yeah. the hairdo. He's kind of a flashy player, a lot of receivers are. Um, so I never necessarily saw him as like the super team guy. I don't know of a wide receiver besides maybe a Larry Fitzgerald, who you would really think of as like a super Maybe Julio team guy. Jones. Yeah, Julian Edelman type yeah. guys. But, I mean, Antonio Brown has not rubbed me that in the same right. light uh, that those guys have. But, you know, this is kind of surprising I, to have that open of a tantrum, you know, on the field, on the sidelines, over, you know, when your team's winning. Right, you know. and I think that that's the biggest difference that, that uh, Ryan Clark pointed this out to. He said, if Odell Beckham Jr. does this, it's on every station, right? It's on every single show. And for me, I think it's actually different than any of Odell's outbursts. Odell wanted to win games and wanted to be part of winning games. Antonio Brown at this point, what, they're about to be 3-1. They're winning yeah. They're winning this game against the Ravens. He's mad because he's not getting the ball. Yeah, they would have been winning by more if right. Ben Roethlisberger saw him. But. but it's not, I don't think they were ever in danger of losing this game. It, w- it was pretty wide open from, at least from the second corner on. Wow. Um, from from last week's kickoff in exactly, London, right. the Ravens have not been a threat. But, but yeah. So it just seemed to me that, that Brown was, Brown's tantrum was on a little different level than Odell's. Odell was, was frustrated with losing. And Brown was frustrated with not getting the ball. Yeah, I you know, I think this kind of goes into a bigger, you know, thing about receivers. I mean, they, you know, they're not guys you want to build your team around, and they do bring a lot of times when you think of an Odell and now Antonio Brown, they bring kind of those on-field flashiness, distractions that you just really don't want to build your team around. And and this is kind of you see why, because, you know, first of all, they're receivers, so they're relying on someone else, a quarterback, to make a play for them to be effective. And then you get into the fact where, you know, if that quarterback isn't delivering for them, you know, Terrell Owens had this huge, this is why he left the Eagles, is he, you know, kept demanding the ball from McNabb. And then it just creates a huge problem. And you just don't want that from a guy that's making a ton of money and just can overall be, not be as useful to your team as some other positions. It'll be an interesting, and the Giants have a big choice to come up or to make in the coming seasons. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Odell got $20 million a year. I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, I, I don't think it's the best move, but I think it's a move that the Giants have to make to retain, you know, a player that has that much popularity and, and, and impact on the market. But we'll see. Um, and hopefully it happens because I like Odell. But yeah, they they have to give him his money. And that's, yeah. I mean, he makes their team a lot better. You see the difference between the first two weeks and the last two weeks where he's been mostly healthy. But, you know, one point that Colin Coward always says, this will lead really nicely into my uh, read option for this week, is you just don't like to build your team around receivers. You go into the history of Super Bowl winning teams. You know, Randy Moss and the Patriots, that team didn't win. Julio last year, that team didn't win. Fitzgerald on the Cardinals didn't win. So, you know, Jerry Rice won back in the day, but... In general, that's just not the position that I would build my team around, so I'd be very happy if the Giants ponied up and gave Odell, you know, a huge chunk of their salary cap. 
I'll be pretty happy too. What do you got for me, Mike? All right, so I'm going to go with a little play action pass this week. I'm sure plenty of you saw it. It was Colin Cowherd on the city of Philadelphia. I want to talk about the city of Philadelphia for three minutes, which has to be the dumbest sports city in America. He's a he's a prophet, a genius. Spot oh, on, you think? He's spot on. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, so, as you guys know, I'm a big time Eagles fan, and in a lot wait, of ways, wait, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, it's a good football team. But oh, in wow. a lot of ways, I, I identify with very much the blue-collar, passionate side of Philadelphia sports through the Eagles. Uh, not as big of a fan of the other teams my dad is. Um, I just thought it was a funny it was a funny thing, and I think he really missed the ball on what he said. If You, you really should listen to the rest of the soundbite. It's entertaining it's, at the very least. But I also think it was like very incorrect. His reasoning is pretty wild. It's garbage. Um, it's kind of a little unfair. His the, he kind of pickpockets certain. Yeah, he just manipulated. And, right, exactly. I mean, one of his examples well, was Terry Francona running him out. Yeah, of town. yeah. I mean, T- Francona went to a Red Sox team that was pretty. Yeah, loaded well, with well, talent. well, you got to find this. What was Francona's record with the Phillies? Because he was saying Francona leaves Philly because they kick him out of town, and then the uh, he goes to the Red Sox, of course, and now the Indians, and he hasn't had a losing season since. Well, I don't think he was very good with the Phillies, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, so we have it right here. So his last season in Philly won 65 games. So are you shocked that they kicked him out? No. 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 And then, and then, I he, mean, but look, in, in 2004, four years later, his first season, he wins 98 games. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a, that's a coaching difference, but a managerial he was, difference. But he was in, yeah, Philly right. for four years, didn't have a winning season. His best total was 77. And then the other one he really hit on, he hit on one Jay Wright, who was never fired in Philly, uh, with Villanova, obviously. And then he hit on Andy Reid, who was there forever, and this is the one I experienced the most like closely as an Eagles fan. And it was obvious that maybe it was the city of Philadelphia, but Andy Reid had kind of run his time there. And for Colin Coward, and I think all Eagles fans acknowledge that Andy Reid's a top five NFL coach, if not higher. And I, every Eagles fan I know still loves him. I, the Chiefs are my second favorite team. I don't have a strong allegiance to them, but I love Andy Reid. But it's just kind of funny to for him to call the city of Philadelphia dumb because they fired Andy Reid when, in reality, that was like a very logical move at the time. I think they're dumb for supporting the Eagles, but I don't think <laughs> that they're dumb for running Andy Reid out of town. I got to, I got to give it to you, Mike, on that one. That's, a, that's a, that's definitely a stretch by Coward. And you know what? It, it falls in line with the rest of his points of views because they're all stretches. Yeah, you know, that's kind of the job that he has. I'm a yeah. Coward fan in general. I thought that was just funny. Uh, so if you have a couple of minutes, I'd find that one on Twitter or uh, YouTube. So for my Drop the Mic this week, I'm going to talk about the NBA All-Star Game. So if you haven't heard, the format of the All-Star Game, like the format of everything in the NBA, seemingly, has now changed. So the <laughs> NBA All-Star Game is now going to be a little captain-style, you know, Back Captain A, Captain B Pick your guys. Backyard uh, playground style. Yeah, I, I love it. I, You know, the interesting thing will be the NBA All-Star game is bad because the game doesn't matter and the players don't care and it's just an exhibition of guys dunking and shooting threes with no significance on the game. But I think this adds a little bit of a wrinkle that will, at the very least, kind of following the NBA's theme of adding excitement to the non-basketball part right. of we the event. Ta- we talked about this last uh, last week. With you know how the NBA offseason has become you know a season of its own, and I think this is just another great move by Adam Silver to kind of just you know turn more attention to the NBA, keep its you know growth going. Um, I think, and you know, it's not like they're playing for nothing. He brought in the charity aspect of it. I think that's going to be you know that's a pretty big deal to to have players able to to choose the charity they want and play for donations. I think that's going to you know provide a little bit of effort at least. Yeah, it might. I I wanted. I don't know how they're deciding who the captains are. I think that could be a really interesting th- wrinkle. Maybe there's a nominee. I think it's just the top the top vote getters. Will oh, be, the top vote getters. Okay, so that's, I'm assuming it's going to be LeBron and Steph. LeBron, KD, so, some combination. I also Westbrook. But that's the thing. Right, is, there's so much pettiness that yeah, can happen. The, it's awesome. Yeah, the NBA is the league of the petty superstar. I mean, if Russell Westbrook is a captain for a team, it's very feasible. 
Because he's not taking he's Kevin not, Durant. Right. Kevin Durant could be the last guy on the wants, board. He'll go. He'll pick yeah. a schmo. He'll pick. He'll pick Kevin Hart off the yeah. sideline. <laughs> yeah. No, but think about it. And then you also have like how's LeBron, LeBron going to do? LeBron's this? not going to pick. LeBron's Kyrie. guaranteed number one. Oh, guaranteed captain, right? And he's LeBron, and he's got to like manage the fact that oh, I'm going to LA. How do I? Let me he's get, not going to LA. Let me get Paul George first round, so I can <laughs> so I can kind of create that. I mean, just think of the headlines the teams are going to get. I wonder how they're going to. TV event. This. I really they have to I TV hope it. they TV event it live. I want to see this this draft live. I, I want like LeBron. I don't think and, they're gonna do it. I want LeBron and KD up there, like on a stage. Yeah, like, like with the, the first, the with first, the first pick, pick in the 2018 NBA All Star Draft. LeBron James selects Paul George. Dude, and then, imagine, imagine, imagine LeBron James selects Kyrie Irving first overall, so he has to play under his shadow for the entire All Star game. That too, and Westbrook with KD, like, hey, you're on my team, but I'm Westbrook and I'm the point guard and the captain. So, yeah, so I think that's an interesting wrinkle. Um, good job for the NBA. I think they just added a little interest to something that was obviously dull. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. We'll get back to you in uh, February when that when that comes out. Should be fun. All right, Mike, what's your drop the mic for me this week? A sad drop the mic in my eyes. LeVar Ball is pulling LaMelo out of high school to A, be homeschooled, and B, train him himself. I'm on the the, the record. Good move. Good I'm, move? I'm thumbs up. What? Are you serious? LeVar Ball's track record to this point is A++. This dude's on He's on a roll. He's got his oh, number one on. son, the number two overall pick, and like the biggest rookie phenom in the last, I can't even remember. But that's not skill. That's just him being a troll. But it's also, I mean, but he's a, he's a trainer, though. So LeVar Ball's a trainer by nature. He's getting LaMelo out of the high school where I think they had some issues with the coach and the playing style, maybe. And now it's like, LaMelo, we're getting you on the Lakers with big big bro Lonzo. Uh, I, I can't, that's I can't. the goal. I just can't see. I can't. But I how, hate it. I don't like him. I, I know people don't like him, but how is this any different than, and I, I guess the culture and the history is a little different, but... Think about a guy like Pulisic, the soccer guy from the U.S., or any soccer guy. They're they're out by age twelve, and they're playing with club teams then, so they're not going to school. Like, yeah, with how is professional trainers that aren't what Levar well, Ball is not a professional NBA trainer. Levar Ball one for one in kids in the NBA. His one for one, he has an ex, a ridiculous talent. He got lucky to have be to give birth or for his wife to give birth to Lonzo Ball. Lamelo is not Lonzo Ball. Might be better. No, I don't know. Not. He's got two years of LeVar, straight LeVar. He's got two years of LeVar pumping up his ego so he shoots from half court every other shot. Mike's the new NBA. Don't, 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 don't compare him to the god that is Christian Pulisic. <laughs> don't you ever compare LaMelo La Ball to him. Well, I saw him on 60 Minutes this past week, so that's what kind of refreshed he's the, my brain. He's the future of U.S. soccer. Yeah, well, we don't care that much about <laughs> soccer on here. We'll bring someone in for soccer in a couple weeks, but... But no, it's just, I think it's kind of a classic LeVar Ball move. Scott, you know, LeVar Ball has become such a sensation that this was a Bleacher Report notification, right. headline news. This this guy is running, is running I'm, things I'm, how he I'm going to give it to him. He's done a great job of getting his name out there. Um, there's a recent ESPN article on how LeVar Ball trolled his way to the top, and it's really what it is. But I just don't see it. I don't think that's the right move. I think it's a selfish move. I think it's a move that... It's an ego move. It's an ego move, and, and that that's what bothers me about him, is that he uses his sons as pieces, chess pieces for his ego. But it's also like a money thing, too. So if he ends up making them all millions and millions of dollars, I think it works out well for the family. I mean, he's really built you know, this kind of pseudo brand that's kind of now a real brand around you know his kids, and the way he's marketed it has been really effective from a... you know acknowledgement like publicity standpoint yeah. so so we'll see i mean it all comes down to how lonzo plays the it looks like the middle brother leangelo isn't gonna cut it he lavar told him he wasn't gonna yeah cut he it. wasn't gonna cut it but Lamelo was kind of like was like i think uh, in the lot more in the lonzo range where like yeah. he could make it he's i think like a five-star recruit as whatever freshman in high school um so we'll see how that plays out another kind of funny funny move uh and definitely something to keep an eye on too bad we won't get. We may not get as many of those videos of Lamelo bricking half court shots, but but we'll see. All right, so now we're gonna welcome in Daniel for a who's that segment. Who's that? And we're gonna talk some baseball playoffs. All right, Daniel, let's just jump right into it. How do you feel about the playoffs this year? What are your big storylines as we watch right now? So I made my picks. Um, I got the first game right, the Yankees right, as we're recording Congratulations. this. Yep, I was worried after one out into the looks, game. Looks I was pretty bad. I was, down, I was down three runs. 
Um, but now we're recording this during the uh, Diamondbacks-Rockies game, which currently has a 6-4 to score. I had the D-backs winning that game um, and even going a little bit further. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye on that one as well. But, uh, but Daniel, you want to talk about some of the main storylines you have? Yeah, so I think uh, the National League race is particularly interesting. I think you've got four really strong teams that uh, makes it um, – extremely difficult for any one of them to get to the World Series that it's they're almost winning their own World Series in the National League you've got the Nationals versus the Cubs two extremely strong teams who unfortunately have to play each other in a short five game series where as a Nationals fan I felt the pain the past couple years of where they haven't reached the NLDS um, and then in the Dodgers series where they're going to play one of their own uh, division rivals again and they've got a losing record actually against both those teams where in September, you know, they went through that horrible losing streak. Um, they only won; they were thirteen and seventeen in September. So obviously, you would like to be playing your best baseball going into playoffs, but um, obviously, that wasn't the case. In your guys' opinion, who is a worse matchup for the Dodgers, the Rockies or the, or the Diamondbacks? It's got to be the Diamondbacks. Got to be the Diamondbacks. They got easily. really good pitching. They got a loaded lineup. Goldschmidt, J.D. Martinez. In my opinion, the best hitter in baseball, J.D. Martinez. But, really? Wow. Yes. That's kind of a bold Yes. Step. Mike Trout is a player. Bryce Harper's a player. Yes. John Carlos Stanton. Those, Goldschmidt even is yes. on his team. His own teammate, yeah. Yeah. I, it's interesting, though, you alluded to the fact that they're playing a mini World Series in the National League because three of the top five teams certainly are in the National League between the Cubs, Dodgers, and Nationals. And you might even go as far to say that the uh, Diamondbacks are probably ahead of a team like the Red Sox in the AL. But the funny thing is that best team, best team in baseball is on the other side of the yeah. bracket. So that's the real, that whoever comes out of the NL is going to feasibly be playing that Cleveland yeah. Indians team that looks really, really good. In, in theory, the National League teams have to play, if you're, if you're saying the best eight teams, the top five or top four in the NL and then there's one, one from the AL, you've got to beat three top five teams to win the World Series. It's the most difficult path, easily. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I would say the Astros might deserve a little bit of a mm-hmm. nudge in there, maybe ahead of the Cubs and Diamondbacks. Um, and, you know, I, I have the Diamondbacks winning a series. But, but no, I, I agree with you that they're between the Red Sox and the Yankees, um, those teams are kind of a couple paces behind all those National League teams. It's pretty similar to, you know, the NBA, where you got the West, the gauntlet on the West, Except you know the best team in the league is on is on the West, not not the Indians. But it's just kind of interesting how it, it seems to be in in NF in leagues around you know in leagues that there seems to be a super conference. The yeah, I, I, would you compare the Indians? I I mean at this point like they're not because they haven't won anything, but they were in the World Series last year. It's kind of like the Patriots. I mean baseball is so variable that it's really hard to say like the Indians are in the World Series like you can pencil in the Patriots most years. But I mean to me. It's kind of like they're the Patriots of baseball for this season, and then you're going to get a really good challenger coming out of the other the other league. Um, but it's just you know you can kind of give the Indians by far the best team of at least making it to the World Series. Yeah, definitely. And as you alluded to earlier, I think the Astros definitely aren't ones just to be written off. I mean, they won over 100 games as well this year, so there are no pushovers as well. Um, though I think the difference in the MLB playoffs compared to the NBA is. NBA, usually at least, we're seeing the one and two seeds always winning. Baseball playoffs, there's always a wild card team that gets somewhere. It's especially in baseball, in the wild card, it's just one game series. So you can get lucky and be hot in one game and win. And then the NLDS, it's five games. So if you play well in three games, you win and you advance. So baseball, a lot of it, I think, is getting more getting hot at the right time. You also have obviously have to have the talent, but it's also getting hot at the right time. Yeah, and one thing that I've always noted about, you know, baseball versus basketball when it comes to these playoff series that are that are longer than a regular season series is that in baseball with a different pitcher, it's a different game every single time you play because that pitcher is, dictates, you know, more of the game than any single player, but in basketball you're just running back the same game up to 7 times. So the better team is way more likely to come out of that. Whereas a baseball team where, you know, the pitcher may get, you know, blown up one game or it's just who's hot, you know, which team has the momentum seems to be a really big factor always in baseball. So that's also another another difference there. Um, but before we move deeper into the playoffs, it's funny, me and Daniel, we went over this beforehand. We had all the same picks. Um, you, so we had the Diamondbacks over the Dodgers, which was the shocker. Mm-hmm. And we both picked the Nationals, maybe a little biased there. Both had the Strohs and the Indians. I want to talk about this Indians-Yankees series. Is there any way the Yankees can win this series? So I have Indians in four. And uh, in some of my notes here, I said 
the looking at back at their schedule, Yankees really struggled on the road this year. So that they've got to play the first two games of the series away, and they got swept by the Indians in Yankee Stadium. Yes, they did. That was just a month ago. And just overall, just looking at the Yankees, you look at them, and I think it's you know, either one or two years too early for them. They've got all this young talent. Judge has never been in the playoffs. It, they've got one or two more years under their belt, and then I think they're a real powerhouse. Do you think going to the bullpen so early in their wild card game is going to have an impact on on the series at all? They need Sonny Gray to step yes. up. They need Sonny Gray, and then they got CC kind of CeCe's a, game a, two, a throwback a throwback game um, because he used to pitch for the Indians. Obviously, um, they need one of both, especially Sonny Gray, to step up. And then, but you're you're gonna have I don't know how much you can trust him, but you're gonna have a fresh Severino yes. in game in game three. So maybe He's you can use him. Wipe everything. Yeah, and you know they had the day off today, but no, I I think that the bullpen could really. Their bullpen is unbelievable. They have like four or five guys that can all give you multiple innings except maybe a Chapman and just lock things down. But that is going to be extremely unreliable for tomorrow's game or tonight's game for those listening it uh, to this the day it comes out. Um, but, you know, they had to do that to beat the Twins. Obviously, if you watch the game, it was they were not winning that game without, you know, throwing the bullpen in, in that first inning. Completely. Um, but that becomes a problem for them as exactly. they enter a really difficult series against a really good offensive team. Especially against the Indians who, yes, they have the great offense, but they've got a fantastic staff as well. They've got yeah. three top-of-the-line starters and just a com- really complete team, I think. Oh, they're the definition of a complete team. Yeah. You have the AL Cy Young. Unfortunately, not Chris Sale. Uh, Corey Kluber will be the Cy Young. Um, Bauer, kind of a curious decision to pitch in the in the first game. But then, you know, your your lineup is stacked. You know, it's a lot of power, a lot of speed. Lindor, uh, Ramirez, yeah. Encarnacion. You just go down the line. Really good offense. And then you have the bullpen where you have the most valuable bullpen piece in Andrew Miller and probably all of baseball. Uh, that's something that could be debated. But to me, he's in a, in a playoff situation where you need someone to come in and get outs when you need outs. He's the number one guy. He can pitch in any situation. And you do have someone at the back end too, Cody Allen, yes. who will lock things down. So I think they're they're just a complete team. They got the best manager. I think Frank Cohn approved that throughout the last mm-hmm. postseason. Um, and this is a team that obviously hungry after what, how they went out last year. Obviously, they played really well down the stretch, and they came really close to winning the World Series. But this is a team that just seems determined to to make some noise and, and win it all this year. Completely. Um, how about our both surprise pick Diamondbacks over the Dodgers? What was the uh, influence for you on that one? Yeah, I uh, I wanted to go bold. Uh, you gotta you gotta mix things up. So my thing with the picks is I usually some years. Well, most years I get every single series wrong, and I'm out with my predictions after the first round. And then in 2013, when the Red Sox won, you know, and the Red Sox were in it, I usually pick them because I'm biased. They won, like, all the, I got every series right. So this year I'm like, yeah, let's make a move. The Dodgers not playing that well. I Like we said, in division series, whether they play the Rockies or the Diamondbacks, but I think that adds a little wrinkle to it too, a little rivalry there. And the Diamondbacks do have a pitching staff, Robbie Ray and Granke, who's pitching tonight. Walker, um, yeah, and, and they have a, they have some pop in that lineup. I think Archie Bradley's good uh, in the bullpen. Great, I, great, great out of the bullpen. Yeah, I, I think they they're a team that if they win a game one, like you know, that's a team that could definitely pull an upset. I think of all the teams that are not favored, you know, the Red Sox, Yankees, and uh, Cubs. I think the Diamondbacks and the Diamondbacks easily have the best. I chance, think they have yeah. the best chance. Maybe them or the Cubs, but. But yeah, I think that's a really interesting series. I'm kind of looking forward. I think all these series are pretty interesting, except for maybe that Red Sox-Astros one. Mm-hmm. I think the Red Sox have a chance to get absolutely demolished by them. I don't know. Did you give any any um, chance to the Red Sox? I, gave, I said Astros in three or four. So, wow. so I mean, no. So not really, no. no. I, I, I don't really know much, but I'm going to choose Red Sox in four just because I'm a Red Sox fan. <laughs> I, I watched that. Homer alert! <laughs> I, I watched them a lot this year. Not as much in September. Um, they just they just don't. To me, they, they don't just have don't. the offense, right? They, yeah, a lot of the guys, Mookie Betts had a down year. They they just don't, to me, have the firepower, kind of that feeling of some of those past teams that have won the World Series, which you know I've been lucky enough to be around for. They just do not have yeah. that feeling. Last year, too, they got swept by the Indians in a series they were kind of favored in, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of lingering with me as, like, I just don't know how I feel about this team having any chance. So my expectations for them are set literally at rock bottom. I think they have, like borderline no chance at, at least maybe beating the Astros but then if they were to play the uh the Indians no chance yeah especially one big thing I think that 
has gone uh, fairly untalked about is the Verlander trade for the Astros. Yeah, how key that is because it was a waiver last day waiver. So yeah, it wasn't trade deadline. In his five starts September, he had gave up four earned runs, seven only seventeen hits, forty three strikeouts, and five walks. Incredible to me. Yeah, he's incredible. That's pretty good. They got Verlander back on track. I mean, that's a big move for them. I remember talking with some friends about how the Astros. Might have been the biggest loser at the deadline. They didn't go out. They got uh, Liriano. They didn't go out and get a U Darvish, um, mm-hmm. you know, type of player. And and now they come back and they add Verlander, who's pitching extremely well. Um, I but the thing is with the Red Sox, you do have Sale pitching in that That's first true. game. So if Sale him, can though. if Sale can give you a one game lead, and what if the Red Sox do well in the playoffs? Do you know who it's going to be? You know why they're going to do well? David, David Price, Price out of the bullpen. David Price out of the bullpen. That, how much of a factor is? will he be, though? Because he didn't pitch that much the, towards he the end of the year. pitched really well in the bullpen the end of the season once he did come back. Actually, the game that they ended up clinching the division on, which was against the Astros. They're playing potentially nine games in a row against mm-hmm. the Astros. If this, this one goes to, against them. Yeah, if this one goes to five. But, I mean... It's unfortunate because he's a two hundred seven seventeen million dollar bullpen arm, oh, but but he uh, he's lights out there. He can he give is. you multiple innings. He's willing to do it. He's pitched well out of the bullpen early in his career, and now and I think if he could th- turn into an Andrew Miller type, right? He should be that yes. type. I mean, you're paying him. Right. Yeah, he <laughs> better be that kind of guy. Um, and I think if the Red Sox are going to have any success in the postseason, he is going to be their MVP. Mm-hmm. It's and because he's going to have to get him out of a lot of situations. I do like Pomeranz. He's pitched well this year. I just think they they just don't I something about the way, playoff baseball is always different. It's just yes, a different completely. game. I just don't think that they're going to transition well into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final series, I guess, uh, Nationals and Cubs. Yeah, your team. Wanna of course, my give team. us give us some thoughts. How you feeling? Um, I would say confident, but you can never be confident with DC sports in the playoffs. No, never, absolutely never. never. You can get your hopes up and say you're going to win the World Series, and then you lose, <laughs> get swept, or whatever. Life uh, as a DC fan, exactly, completely. They um, they're a juggernaut, though. They are, and they've got Harper back. He played the last of the season. Hit the ball hard a couple times. He did. Uh, Threw a walk. Went first to third on a single. So that's, that's chalking up the victories <laughs> yes, there. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but you look at them, and they've got all the tools this year. They sh- made all the right moves at the deadline, strengthened their bullpen, got the law firm in order is what they call it. Yeah, Doolittle, Doolittle Madsen, Madsen, and Kinsler. Yeah. Um, and then their starting pitchers, they got they got the ER, for, ranked ERA second, third, and fifth. You got Strasburg's. But do you trust Scherzer. do you trust Gio in the playoffs? Yes, I do. Wow. Okay. I, Interesting. In, in an article I wrote, I said – Geo, please don't walk ten guys in the playoffs like you did and against the Cardinals. Uh, so hopefully he doesn't do that again. But this year he's looked like he's really regained his old form. Yeah, Geo had a great year. Scherzer and Strasburg at the top of that rotation against some of those Cubs guys who have struggled. Lester pitched really well in the playoffs historically, uh, but but now I, I think that'll be a really fun series to watch. My question with the Nats, I mean their offense is so overpowering. They've struggled a little bit in the postseason. My big question with them though. Is that bullpen, which is much improved, is it going to hold up in the playoffs? Well, Because you need it to win. You, they need it. The key is they've got to have Scherzer, Strasburg, and Geo go at least six. So then you get seventh, eighth, ninth just for the guys. Because you, everyone else I don't trust. I don't trust anyone else to yeah. get them to there. And, they, ha- they have to get to their main guys. And not trusting bullpen pitchers is that's when you those guys just can't come in to pitch. And, and that's what we saw from Dusty early in the year. He would leave Scherzer or Strasburg out there way too long because he had no faith in the bullpen. And that obviously did not work out for them. Yeah, playoff baseball is a different animal. We'll we'll see how the Nats can adapt, but they are a loaded team. You guys give the Cubbies any chance of repeating? I don't know of about repeating repeat. in the series. I give them a chance. I against the Nationals, chance for sure. Repeating, I I don't see it. I I think. But the thing is, like I, both of us, neither or neither of us are not high, are high on the Dodgers. So I mean, if, whoever comes out of that Nats series would be playing. You know. Either the Dodgers, who we don't like, don't obviously, pick, yeah. or the Diamondbacks. So, but then I, I mean, Cleveland or most likely Cleveland or what could be Houston and coming out of the AL. I think those the AL team would be the favorite if it's not the you know I think it's the favorite almost regardless. It, it's such a difficult path, for yeah. The, especially the, anyone in the National League because there's got to be so many good teams. Yeah, so you're you're in on the Indians and you I have am. the Nats in the World Series. Indians over Nats in seven. I said that's me being optimistic about the Nationals. That would be optimistic, except you don't. You want to be right with your picks, but yes. you do not. You specifically do not want to be right. I, want, with I your would picks. rather I'd be wrong. I'd rather be wrong and have the Nationals win. Of course you would. That would be losing in seven games. I mean, that would be, be kind of devastating. Yes. Um. I don't know. This is kind of a off, kind of off path. But do you think the Nationals need to perform 
in this postseason to keep Bryce Harper? Do you think that matters? Um, well, I think he's sort of already made up his mind, or Scott Boris is maybe, or his agents. That maybe. he's at least going to go for the most money. Is yeah, that, which that, seems to be the Yankees, everyone. $500 million. It, we could see numbers like that, uh, definitely. Um, especially with the short porch in right field, with Harper being a lefty uh, at Yankee Stadium. Um, of course, a national fan, I'm going to say they're going to keep him, but I think it's going to be very difficult, especially he'll have been here for so long and not seen anything happen. And so they have to have something happen this year or next year even. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they – and it's, you know, in baseball, he's played really well in the postseason. And yeah. it's, you know, it's not like individual specific. It's not like Andy Dalton going to the playoffs and you can pencil and they're going to lose in the first round every year. Baseball is just a little bit different. Um, but I, I agree. I think, you know, they – at some point, you know, if you lose, this would be their, what, fourth or fifth – fourth first round loss in yes. a row to they start made a pass right and, and that that starts to become like a trend and just kind of like a, something about your team I already know going into this postseason that's kind of the narrative surrounding the Nationals is that they've been and in a lot of the series they've been really close the Dodgers and of course the Cardinals the yep. first year and even the Giants they were they were the best team in baseball that year yes um but many, you know many, that, heart, many heartbreaks over yeah it, right so I um so, I mean, at some point that becomes their narrative, and, and they're going to have to break it, and they got a tough draw this year with the Cubs, no doubt about it, for being yes. as good as they are. You know, the upper 90-win team, and you're facing, you know, the defending champs who were one of the best teams in the second half. So, that's kind of, it's a tough draw, but, you know, we'll see. That's, you, if you're going to have, you got to beat someone good eventually. Yeah, got to beat someone good eventually if you're going to win the World Series. All right, so thanks, Daniel, for, uh, for coming on. We are going to jump into our NFL Week 4 recap and Week 5 preview. Um, Mike, headline from week four, what do you got? The Buffalo Bills look like a real team. Sean uh, McDermott. Sean McDermott has them looking good. You know who Sean McDermott, you know what his coaching tree is? Uh, I'm going to guess, because you're saying it, uh, hmm, Andy Reid. Andy Reid with the Eagles. He was there after Jim Johnson, who's legendary defensive coordinator. Give me a little history lesson here. McDermott was horrendous. The fans <laughs> were all over him. He got fired. Then he picked up with uh, Ron Rivera in Carolina and was the head of those defenses, one of which went 15-1 and lost in the Super Bowl. Um, so I actually, But he learned everything from Andy Reid. Not saying. He learned right. everything from Jim, all stemmed from, the Eagles. from Jim Johnson. So it all stemmed from the Eagles, basically. even though he was but, crap as so, the Eagles defensive coordinator. Yeah, so my fun fact about Sean McDermott is when the Eagles fired Chip Kelly um, at the end of the 2015 season, You know, I made my tweet predict, my prediction on Twitter, and I said, the next Eagles head coach will be Sean McDermott. Uh, they did not give him an interview, unfortunately. That's tough. But, but he got his time this year, and the Bills are, are they rolling. They good. They were it. one, like, Zay Jones should have been catch away from being 4-0. Right, from 4-0. Oh. No. That that's a catch Against ball. Denver. I mean, they got the Jets in there, but against Denver, at Carolina, and then at Atlanta. They, they, they've won, you know, two I mean, of those three games. Back-to-back Denver. It uh, well, goes at Carolina, should have won. Right. Home against Denver, won. At Right. I'm just saying, even without the hypothetical of beating the Carolina Panthers, still really impressive. That's, that's impressive, man. To go and beat the the Broncos at home and then beat the Falcons away, that's impressive. Yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with them. Um, I like to see it, but you know the fact of the matter is with the with the Bills, is there any chance that they win that division? I I say no, no, because it's the Bills, but like and the Patriots, and it's rough. I, I mean, look, the Patriots just. That defense is horrendous. Yeah, that'll go right into our next point. Is Cam Newton back? Is he, I mean, they play the Eagles a week from uh, tomorrow, Thursday. Superman is back, Yeah, baby. They, they're on Thursday Night Football in, in Charlotte against Philadelphia. Um, and the first three weeks, I was, you know, watching him play. I was like, oh, that's going to be a win. I originally didn't think so. And now he played like Cam he played Newton. really well. I mean, Patriots defense helped, but he played like Cam Newton. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, well, is he back? Well, well you, see. Got, you got that bruising, just the Cam Newton-esque run that he had, you know, that, that read option. I mean, with McCaffrey now, that thing is deadly, by the way, that read option. But that read option, he just puts his head down, 6'5", tumbles his way into the end zone. And that's that's what you like to see out of Cam. Um, he's never going to be your pocket passer. No. He's never going to be the talk, go sling it 50 times, complete 70, 70 passes or 70% of his passes. Um He's the kind of guy that needs to get the running game going to help his passing game. Um, and it, it was he wasn't healthy really. I think that was the problem the first couple weeks. Um, he's coming he, back from the coming shoulder. back from the shoulder surgery, and he's just been banged up generally. Right, exactly. There were concerns about his health. And from, he really from the, office, from the head off, lead, 
the front office. Yeah, and it really hasn't been the same since that Super Bowl loss. Right. Kind of lost his mojo. Wasn't really there last year. The team didn't perform that well. Um, well but it, defense it, got him off to a good start, and then Cam won in this game against New England. So I think it's tough when you have you know a play as bad as he had and as recognizable as he had in the play, in the Super Bowl. That's tough to bounce back from. And he didn't handle it well either. No, he didn't. Yeah, so let's talk about some of these other big games. I would say the ones with the biggest headlines. Um, and this kind of goes back to one of my predictions from earlier. Well, there's a couple of these. But Oakland at Denver. Oakland looks bad. They're in bad they shape. Look, I mean, they look bad. Derek Carr, Derek Carr, what? Are we... Are we- I'm I'm cold, I'm cold. It's yeah. It's a little cold. I'm getting a little chilly. Yeah. I, I said, I think I texted this to you. I said, by the end of the season, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, and Jameis Winston will all be held in higher regard than Derek Carr. I mean, I would, if Mariota hadn't gotten injured, I would I would even throw Mariota in there. Um, I'm, as you know, I'm a big Mariota fan. But I, I think that he looks inept at leading the offense right now. And, you know. Now he's hurt. Now he's hurt. Who do they got playing? EJ Manuel is coming in. That's that's I mean, detrimental really, for their I mean, they're for their playing season. the Ravens. It's a decent decent defense. They got kind of lucked out on having a, a bad offense to play, so maybe they'll be able to just squeak by a win. But but if he's out six weeks, they're, six they're weeks, only two and two, right? And, and they got two really good teams. Or right. I, I don't know about be, the Broncos, but Chiefs are winning they, that division. Exactly. They're they're they got to be gunning for a wild card at this point, just because the Chiefs look so good. Um, but where has the freaking the wide receiver core been? Well, Crabtree's hurt. Crab Cooper's Cooper's been awful. Been awful. He's and on he's on pace for 440 receiving yards this year. Yeah, and I don't know if you watched the game, but there's one play where Jared Cook had it was when EJ Manuel was in, and he was diving in the end zone for it. And he just like I think he anticipated the hit, and he just didn't extend his arms enough, and he didn't catch it. And that was kind of the game right there. But there's also some other really good games this week. Uh, we'll kind of run through them quickly and pick them apart. But. Uh, Dallas losing at home to the Rams. Love, Love that. I'm a big Rams this fan was, too. This was the immaculate week for Philadelphia. Um, all three NFC East teams lost. And to add a little icing on, besides the Eagles, um, and to add a little bit of icing on top of that, Patriots lost too. So good week for me. And then another really good game involving another NFC East team, uh, Redskins and the Chiefs. That was a great game. Redskins oh, played don't well. don't talk to me about this game. I'm, I'm fuming with this spread at the end. What is Justin Houston doing? He's he got some money on the game. He had money on the game, and you know it, Justin Houston. Yeah, and then another really interesting game this week. Not a good football game, but kind of the headlines coming away from it. My guy Deshaun Watson leading the Texans to you know fifty seven points against the Titans, who you know a lot of people saw as a playoff team. I know you're big. Mar- on the Titans. Mariota was out, uh, but it was a while long before no, Mariota was hurt. No, it was like twenty eight seventeen when he went out. I think he just rushed for his second. But touchdown. Deshaun was putting points up regardless of Mariota. Yeah, but I think it's it's closer. It's a lot closer if Mariota's still in the game. I don't know how much time you missed, but I think that I mean putting up fifty seven. That's uh, that's uh, that's a big. That's just a kind of an eye opening. A lot of points, and I, I mean, look, maybe he's this year, Dak. I, I, I think he's solidified. I think he is solidified. Uh, it's only been three starts. They're two and one with a close loss at New England, mm-hmm. um, which is impressive. At to say the least, where they put up thirty three points, um, but I, to me, you know, a rookie quarterback. I think he had four passing touchdowns and yeah, one rushing, rushing touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, I mean, he looks off the charts good. The real question is, how did they not start this guy week one? They so blew a I, home game against so Jacksonville. I, I read something that Bill O'Brien wanted to start him, and was told by the front office for him to for him to um, be patient. And not starting from the beginning of the year, so just cost your team. Right, the front office game told, in the told O'Brien don't don't start him yet. To be patient with with Watson. Curious decision. Curious. The, the way curious this guy has played. Curious off the best. charts. Yeah. Um. So that's interesting. I guess those are kind of the big headlines from from this week. Uh. We'll get right into as always. We got to talk about our teams. New York Giants. Let's go with yours first. Mike. Okay. We'll, we'll save. Go, we'll we'll go, save you. We'll for... go. You know, a little lighter spirit conversation for for the people out there. They don't want a sob story. How'd they look? I didn't get a chance to watch it. The games were on at the same time. Uh, interesting game. Uh, so the Eagles won twenty six twenty four. It was technically a road game in Los Angeles, twenty five thousand person stadium. Well over fifty percent of the fans were Eagles fans. So kind of a pseudo home game there, which is nice. Um, so the score doesn't indicate that they really beat up on the Chargers. And in reality, they outplayed them pretty much the entire game. Um, 
they scored on six possessions. Uh, the Chargers scored on four. Um, but, you know, the big thing for the Eagles right now is they're not finishing those drives. They had to settle for four field goals. They're moving the ball really well. Carson Wentz really uh, effectively game-managed it. And then the big story for the Eagles is that running game last two weeks has been off the charts. They've gone from a team that abandoned the run in the first two weeks to a team that is now overall third in rushing. LeGarrette Blunt had a beast mode run. So, big, you know, big win for them. They're kind of showing... Um, these are the games that they lost last year. The Giants game where they came back, you know, and hit the field goal. And then this week against the Chargers where, you know, they had to ice the game, got the ball back with 644 up by two points. Chargers had three timeouts. They were able to bleed out the entire clock on one drive. Really impressive to me. So my take on them, good win. Game they had to win if they want to be a playoff team, but I do want to see a little bit more from them moving forward. Yeah, I think that you no, know, I, I noticed that in the in the Giants game, they're settling for field goals a lot, and you know, against the better teams, that's not going to cut it. Um, you know, you can get away with it against the Giants, you can get away with it against the Chargers, but when you go up against the playoff teams, you know, the Falcons, the the Packers, you know, the Lions, even you're not going to be able to get away with pulling with putting up three when you should be putting up seven. So that's probably the biggest thing I would say that um they've got they've got to fix, you know, but they do they're getting their defensive starters back, you know, slowly yeah. but surely. Um you know, I don't think they're the real deal. Real I, deal in what way? I mean they're gonna win nine games. You look at their schedule, they're gonna win at least nine games. I mean yeah the way they're playing. I, I mean Carson Wentz looks they're a good threat too. to go anywhere in the playoffs. I give them a, if they get a home game, not if they don't get a bye, but they get a home game in the first round, I could see them beating like a Detroit or someone like that uh, for sure, Tampa, one of those teams. But no, you know, the thing for me is they've, they've won, you know, three close games. All of their wins have been close, even the Redskins game where it was two possessions, but really because they got that bogus return at the mm-hmm. end. Um, I, I need to see them put a team away. They play Arizona at home this weekend. Arizona's really struggled. They have two overtime wins against really bad teams. This is a game the Eagles... They need to blow out. No reservations about it. And then at that point, I'll be feeling real comfortable because at this point, you know, they're doing what they didn't do last year, which is pull out those close ones. But good teams really emphatically beat bad teams. And I don't think the Eagles have played a bad team, even though the Chargers and Giants are winless. I think those are two good winless teams. Um, Arizona's worse than... Thank you. Well, for a winless team, they're good. Put it that way. But for Arizona, who's 2-2, and I think they're significantly worse than both of those teams. Um, you got to put them away this week. That'll be the big story for them. Uh, hopefully, they can improve to four and one. All right, the G-Men, another last-second field goal loss. They're dropped to zero and four. Season basically over. It's over. It is. Uh, you never say never, um, but it's going to be tough for them to get back to the playoffs. Um, you know, you can hear it in my tone of voice that it's just you know it's at this point you get past the frustration and the sadness and it kind of transitions into disappointment. Um, High hopes to begin the season, a lot of talent. It all stems just to inept coaching. Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. He doesn't have it. You know, close games last year we were winning. I don't know if that was just a fluke. The defense has regressed. The offense is starting to show some things, but you know, it's just dumb plays everywhere. I mean, even, even the the last second field goal, he makes it. Landon Collins jumps off sides. Your boy. But I mean, it's 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 a constant threat of just stupid plays across the field. Um, I think Eli's playing well. We're gonna waste a, a pretty good year from Eli. Um, Odell is gonna be Odell. But at this point, I'm kind of hoping. I just I'm just hoping we don't go seven and nine. That's my hope for this season. We either we either somehow pull it out, and make the playoffs, or we go four and twelve, three and three, uh, three and thirteen, get a top five draft pick. Because being being seven and nine in this league just is pointless. Yeah, you're uh, well, hoping for nine and seven pulling the playoffs is a lot less likely than that three and thirteen, four and twelve. But I don't think they're bad enough. They're not bad enough to go that, which is the, so which is the problem. They're so, kind of in no man's land yeah. after, and you know. We've mentioned this before, probably on the last several episodes, where their start of their season was tough. You had to have hoped they were going to pull out two of At those games. Worst case, one. worst case, one didn't do it. Um, it's a real uphill climb for now, and, and I, I mean, I mean it's, just, it's just they're like, going to end the season in that no man's land of yeah. six to eight wins, probably. You, you, six you, to you hate to see it, seven. but that, you, you don't want that to happen. But that's where I feel like it's going, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's tough. All right, looking ahead to week. Number five now, anything leaping off the page. That's Sunday nighter, big-time game. That's Houston Texans hosting the Chiefs. Also really interesting game, Rams hosting the Seahawks. And then, of course, you got your America's Game of the Week, 
Green Bay at Dallas could be a big game. And then the Monday night game, not extremely interesting, but you get the debut of Mitchell Trubisky. That's going to be big. You know, I think Mitchell has a chance to be a good QB. He showed some things in, in uh, preseason. But, you know, I kind of want to highlight this Sunday night game because I think this is going to be a really, really, really good game. AFC Championship preview? It could it could very well be. AFC yeah. Playoff preview? I don't want to get too high on Deshaun yet, but I think we could see this game later in the postseason. You have, you know, two good defenses. The Texans is a, a really good defense. Um, great front seven. But that Chiefs offense right now is just humming. It's clicking on all cylinders, you know. Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, probably one of the most explosive trios in the league. Um, and just well-coached and well-managed by Andy Reid and, and Sam Bradford. Or not Sam Bradford, sorry, uh, Alex Smith. Um, sorry, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think, I think game Andy manager, Reed. Andy, 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 Andy Reid, Eagles, game manager, Sam, Sam Bradford, Bradford all kind um, of connects. I see yeah, it. Thank you. But, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Um, hit on some of those other Seahawks, Rams. I, the Rams win this game. They're up one on Seattle, just they're head to head, one. and they're four and one, and then they're up two games on the record. So four and one versus two and three, um, which could be big time. Especially they just won in Dallas, which was a huge win. My boy Jared Goff looking yeah, good. Yeah, he's and Gurley, and I oh, mean, I love Tom Gurley or Todd Gurley. That yeah. dude, that dude is a baller. Yeah, so that's a big game. Um, and then you got Green Bay and Dallas, like I said, and then another interesting game: Carolina coming off that win against New England, so they go to Detroit. Team that's three and one could be four and should, zero. Should be four with a couple of decent wins. Um, you know they won at the Giants. They won at the Vikings. No Sam Bradford in that game. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. Also New England Tampa. I what if New England loses? What if they drop drop to two, two and three? three? That's get, reasonable. Do we get some fire? Fire Belichick. Fire Fire Belichick. Let's see Garoppolo chance going. Well, the thing about the Patriots, and usually I'm not the biggest Tom Brady guy, he is by he is the last thing that they should be concerned oh, about. Oh, yeah. He's playing but, lights out. I mean, but that's Boston media. It's just... When they they are not going to get on He's immortal. They, are, they got on him when they I, I think it's 2014. Maybe, maybe it's Matt Patricia. I think they know better. Yeah, but that was when he wasn't playing well. But now he's playing well. I think they, they've come to the... like the, They've come to that moment where they're... They're really not panicking at all. They've seen it before, 2014. They're just like stone-faced, trudging forward, not worried. I think, you know, they lose this game, and then who do they play uh, the week after that? They play, um, help me out here. Oh, they, they play, uh, are, they, are they in by? No, they're not. Um, the Patriots, they... They play at the Jets, so right. they're going to be remedied no matter what. If they fall to 2-3, and three, they'll be 3-3 three and three at the worst. Um, so, you know... They're okay, but I think that could be an interesting uh, game there because I think the Bucks, you know, they beat the Giants in, at home this past week. Well, I mean, week, the so. Bucks just their their passing defense uh, is not there, and I think Brady could easily light them up. Um, but it goes the other way around. The Patriots passing defense isn't there, and I think Mike Evans could just light yeah. them up too. Yeah. So big question for you, Mike: Did the Giants get off the Schneid in the battle of the good own four teams that the Eagles have beaten by a combined five points? Chargers at Giants. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm feeling it. I picked them in my all 267, um, and I think I'm going to stick by that. So we're going to transition into our all 267 recap. This past week, I got on the I got on the scoreboard. I'm not, I'm not, ha- I'm not happy with so myself. So my 16-0 week did not come to fruition. <laughs> I was off on that by a little bit. I went 9-7. and seven. Mike went 8-8. Eight and eight. Overall, I have 38 correct to Mike's 40. Not bad because we don't, you know, we don't get to revise our picks. Not bad. I'm, um, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now. Yeah, my biggest mistake this week, though, I don't feel too hot about this, and it really depends on if the sleeves can get in there. Uh, but I have the Chicago Bears winning at home against the Vikings. I don't. Oh. Even if Case Keenum plays, I kind of regret that. That's one. tough. I, mean, I had to give the Bears a win somewhere. I think that's where it came. Prime time at home. Dude, that, but, and they're on a long, long rest because they played. Thursday. Are you happy or sad? Mitchell Trubisky is starting them. Um, can't be worse than Glenn. Happy. I'm gonna go happy. Okay. I don't know. That's gonna be tough. Um, the the Vikings run defense is pretty good. They got a good front. No seven. Dalvin Cook now either. That could be a big. Yeah, I mean, but but Latavius Murray is a capable back. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, that's pretty good. In that's a problem. Good what about player. you? Is there anything you regret? Anything we're diverging on here? I see you don't have the Eagles winning. That's, I do not. That have, should be your biggest. That's regret. not my biggest regret. That's just um, false. I think that uh, my biggest regret. You know, I had to choose one, so I'm going to go Panthers at Lions. So you chose that over the Cardinals winning against the Eagles. You yes. think the 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 Panthers have a worse chance of winning than the Cardinals? 
Yes. That's just stupid. I mean, I mean that's just stupid. I mean, I think I think we have a homer alert here. I'm, I'm mean, not going to call it out because, you know, it's not real. So, home, Carolina but... just won at New England. Arizona just won a home game in overtime against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles have lost, like, they don't lose at home really that much. So, it's not really a homer. It's just kind of like a statistical. The Eagles are like six and a half point favorites. Like, they're going to win. I, I feel it, Mike. I feel okay. it in my bones. But, but you think the Lions have a better chance than the Eagles to win? I'm out. I'm out on that. All right, what I'll, else? I mean, I, I was not expecting you to be in on it at any point. But it's just pure bias. It's just you don't. It's just you not wanting to give me the satisfaction. That's what it comes down to, Mike. You, you can't Mike, deny Mike, that. Mike. I'm, I mean, like, I'm not going to say that's not true. <laughs> exactly. But, but I'm also not going to confirm it. So why don't, we, but, why don't we move past this? Yeah. Well, I I'm really proud of myself. I had the Rams beating the Seahawks. That was even though I had the Rams winning only four games. So if they win this week, they've reached that total. Uh, usually they give the Seahawks a hard time. I know you have the Seahawks winning this one in a, in the Coliseum. Um, but I feel good about that. I I think I have a real I chance. Think, there. I think we're a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, I think something that would be fun to look at would be what is just you know the the worst record you have at the end of the of the season i'm gonna go right now i have the browns at seven and nine that's not um, even close I, that is why it is my worst pick and it probably will be my worst decision ever yeah i have a couple of bad ones this is a good idea to bring this up so i the jets have already reached their win total which really isn't on me but that's they've already on you. That, but i also had the chargers and the giants in the playoffs and they have not won a game yet that's so tough that's that's kind of a bummer i had the, <laughs> The Colts had eight wins. They're even Andrew Luck's coming back. Um, I also had the Chiefs at nine and seven behind the Chargers. Um, the Broncos at seven and nine. Those are all looking pretty bad. Um, so yeah, I, I would say on the on the whole scale, I think there are some really bad picks in there. The Rams at four wins too. That's where I, I'm at too. So I, I you go down the list and it's kind of disappointing for some of them, but then others I'm just spot on too. So it's kind of a balancing act there. But you know to have dropped. The Giants and the Chargers, two playoff teams. Chargers, I had winning a playoff game. They haven't won a regular season game, and it's 25% <laughs> of the way through the season. That one's a bummer. I don't know if anything else of yours sticks out. My, I mean, the Giants, obviously. I had the Giants at 11-5. and five. Um, But but besides that, I have playoff teams that seem all seem to be in contention still. Um, besides maybe the Raiders, because Derek Carr's out. Uh, but yeah, I think... That that I'm pretty ashamed of having the Browns at seven and nine, and I, I and actually also the Bills at three and thirteen. So I need the Bills to go out and twelve. Oh yeah, that's I would have the Bills at six. They're gonna win more than that, but yeah, three and thirteen stuff. All right, so we're we're running short on time here, so we're gonna go right into our dime of garbage time. No shock, sticking with it. Eagles Cowboys. Cowboys lost this week, but those two teams still look like. Uh, that looks like the best game going forward. There are some good games looking to emerge. I know you're going to hit on one. Last week you were Chiefs Broncos. Um, do you have something different for me this week? No, no, no. I thought you, I thought you were going to no, no, switch no, no, it. We'll bring it up, but but so I was debating between the Packers Lions. Right, Lions of, look real because of how good the, the teams look. But I just can't give up this game, man. I have like some sort of attraction to it. Just these teams look so good. Uh, the, the Chiefs in general just look so good. The Broncos, I feel, will will get it together. Will rebound off their loss. They had a bye this week, um, but I think they'll, they'll they will both be competing pretty pretty down to the wire for for the AFC West. Yeah, and if Cam Newton keeps it up, that Carolina Atlanta game, both teams at three and one mm-hmm. right now, that can be a big one too. Um, so those are kind of the things we're looking forward to for Week 17. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a handful of meaningful games there. You um, always like to see meaningful Week 17. And- when you get in a lot of flexes, that's when you know it's a good it's a good week seventeen. Yeah. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for us tonight. Thank you to Daniel for coming on and talking some baseball, and we'll be back with you guys next week. Thanks for listening. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey. Football.